is season one, episode four, and this one's called Setting It Down. And in this episode, it's all Jen. And she's going to talk about the stuff that we carry in our life. She's going to talk about all the stuff that we choose and don't choose to carry and how often we feel like it's not a choice, but in reality, it actually is. And uh, not only our own process of what, what it has been to choose what we carry, what we don't carry, but also hopefully encouraging you in your process of what you choose to pick up and carry in your own life. All right. Are you just going to hang out while I do it? And my plan is to sit on the floor <laughs> and take notes and listen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and also, before we get started, I just wanted to let you know about something we have coming up that we would love to invite you to. We are personally having, well, we've been calling it our own marriage renaissance. <laughs> That's what we've <laughs> named it. But in the last six months, we have just experienced this basically, I don't that's what we're calling it. We call it the Renaissance. Full on Renaissance in our own relationship. And it's been incredible. And we started talking about, man, how can we share this with people? Like, we want this for other people. It's just been like this amazing kind of reset. It's not, I don't think things were necessarily bad before. Like, no. we, we would not have said we had a bad marriage. No. But in the last six months, things have just been so fun and so exciting alive. and alive and so we started just coming up with all of these really fun ideas for how we could take, bring, other, people yeah, into that. take yeah. other people through the experience that kind of we've been having and so we want to invite you to a marriage renaissance retreat that we will be hosting november 5th and 6th in carlsbad california which is like one of our most favorite places oh, in the world it's in a live space and um, in fact, we would encourage you to stay an extra day on the 7th. So that's like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you can book your own hotel. And we have a really fun uh, secret location that we are really excited to share with you. And we'll be sharing more about that um, eventually. <laughs> but for now, you can go to our website yep. at philandjinwood.com. And you can check out the Marriage Renaissance Retreat. And uh, there's a bit more on the site about it. And you can register there. It's going to be a really fun weekend away together. And our hope is that everyone that comes would experience the kind of life and renaissance that uh, we've experienced over the last five, six months. Yeah. So there's going to be experiences. There's going to be some, some teaching. There's going to be some really fun things that we're going to have you go off and do on your own and experience. And our hope is that you would go away from the weekend seeing each other in a fresh way, that you would have fun and that you would laugh and that you would let your guard down and that you would learn not just more about your spouse, but about yourself and just, yeah, just have a really great time. So love to see you there. Can't wait. And now, and now it's time. <laughs> so here we go. Here we go. We go hiking as a family quite a bit, and when the kids were littler, often what would happen on these hikes is that as we were hiking along and the kids were getting warmer, they would take off their sweatshirts and then they would hand them to Phil and I to put in our backpacks, even though they were carrying their own little backpacks. And then, you know, we'd go a little further and we'd stop and we'd have snacks, and inevitably they would hand us their trash because, I guess, apparently parents are trash cans. And then usually, like, we'd shove that into one of our backpacks and keep hiking and then you know eventually someone's hat would start to bug them or their own back backpack would start to bug them and so they would take that off and somehow we're carrying like their backpack inside of our backpack and then there's water bottles hanging off and hats and all kinds of stuff it was ridiculous 
And if you're a parent like us, you might be laughing because I think many of us have experienced this before where we're expected to almost be our kids' Sherpas and we end up carrying all kinds of things that really aren't ours to carry. But it really isn't that different from life in general, is it? I think a lot of us often walk around carrying all kinds of stuff that's not ours to carry. And we have these backpacks that we carry around that would otherwise be quite light, but then we add all kinds of unnecessary weight to them. And, and whether it's, you know, insecurity or self-doubt or just like the desire to please people or the concern about our image and how we look, um, whether it's unsaid codes of behavior or just kind of the way we think we're supposed to be living. Uh, maybe it's having your kids in all kinds of sports programs or the, the unsaid code that we're all climbing this invisible ladder that to I don't know where, but that kind of unsaid kind of expectation that we put on ourselves, whether it's anxiety or fear or judgment of ourselves or our own weird standards that we put on ourselves, whether it's um, unforgiveness, man, that one will weigh you down like no other whether it's guilt or shame or a past stuff that we're carrying around, we add all of this unnecessary weight to our packs. And then what we do is we allow other people to add to them as well. So they hand us these weights and what do we do? We, we just throw them on our back without even thinking about it. They hand us this load and we're already carrying stuff. And we say, oh, sure, I'll carry around your stuff for you. It's, it's not mine to carry, but I'll take it. And then we wonder why we're dragging and we're exhausted all the time. We add things like other people's expectations of us. We just throw that right on there. We add concerns about what other people think and just heap that right on. We add judgment from others and we just throw that right in the pack. We add those shoulds, those things that we think like maybe our parents think we should be doing something. Maybe our friends think that we should be living a certain way and we just we throw that right in there. Maybe someone says something critical about us, and instead of politely handing back the weight, we take it on and we add it to our backs, and then we trudge around worrying about that comment or that criticism, when really, the reality is it probably had nothing to do with us in the first place. It's really probably more about them, and we can end up carrying around other people's even childhood wounds and their own personal weights. We can end up comparing our lives to what everyone else is doing, and then we carry around this massive weight of trying to keep up with other people's lives, even though it's theirs to live and not ours. And we can carry around these the roles that we have in our life in this, in this heavy way where there's these unconscious or conscious boxes that we put ourselves in and we allow others to put us in. And man, it just, it all gets a little heavy, doesn't it? And I don't know about you, but I want to travel light. When one of our kids was in elementary school, he had this huge backpack. I mean, it was like, easily twice as heavy as what most kids are carrying around school. And he kept, ex he, we would ask him about it and he would insist like, no, no, I need all this stuff in here. And so for a while, I just let him carry it around. But then I got so sick of looking at him walking around just like hunched over. He would, he would trudge around school with this thing. I'd pick him up and his back's all bent over. And so finally, one day I got sick of it and I dumped it out all over the kitchen floor. I just dumped it all. And oh my gosh, it was amazing how much crap he had in there. Like, I don't even know. There was old candy wrappers. There was random pieces of sports gear. There was half-eaten sandwiches from who knows when. There was like every textbook he's ever owned. He had multiple reading books in there just in case, you know, I guess, I don't know, in case he wanted to switch it up. He had sweatshirts from, you know, weeks before. And 
it was like this shameful moment for him. And we laugh about it now. Like, man, why are you carrying all that stuff? But it's always shameful when your backpack gets dumped out, isn't it? It feels really good to dump out other people's backpacks. But when it's your own, not so much, right? (laughs) And it turns out that you need people around you to help you sort that stuff out when it comes out. So what we did is we sorted through everything that he had there and we realized like, man, you actually only need like a fourth of what's in here. And then it was way more manageable for him to carry. I hate moving for this reason. It's that moment when your amazing friends offer to help you move and you're like, yes, I get help. But then you're unpacking your stuff and you realize that if there's this like shameful moment of they're seeing all of your stuff. <laughs> we had this happen when we moved to Laguna. We had these amazing friends and they're helping us unpack our bathroom. And my friend just kept pulling out like deodorant after deodorant. And apparently I have some sort of weird thing where I'm terrified of smelling bad because I had 17 deodorants from these several boxes that she pulled out. 17. It can feel shameful when your stuff gets dumped out. And I think we all pretend that, you know, like our own poop doesn't stink, right? Like we we don't want to admit our stuff. We don't want to look inside and see what's there. But man, I wouldn't go another day without dumping out your backpack and taking out those heavy loads. Because why? Why would we carry these things when we don't have to? And I think we all have dreams and we all have hopes for our lives. But of course, there's all kinds of excuses that we make, you know, like this isn't the time or I'm too established or I'm too old or the kids or what about stability? But there's this really cool part of what has happened to us in this last year and a half with the pandemic and so much upheaval. And I think the the really positive part of that is that so much has already been shaken up. And now it's like a lot of our excuses have been stripped away. So much has already changed and so much has already been disrupted. Really, the question is, if not now, then when? If we're not going to look at our lives and we're not really going to evaluate it after everything that's happened, man, are we ever really going to? I think that we're in this rare moment where we have an opportunity for a reset and we can ask the question, what am I going to put back into my life as I'm entering back into whatever this new thing is? And we get to drag all this stuff out and we get to take a look at it and sort through it and decide what we want to carry. Whether it's in the roles that we're carrying, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's the pace of life that we're running at, everything. We get an opportunity in this season to really evaluate it all. And I think this last year has given us like this invitation, really, to decide what we want to carry forward with us into this new space we are finding ourselves in. It's an invitation to set down the backpack, to dump it all out, all the things that we've been carrying, to go through it and to decide what do we want as we journey ahead. And I think a lot of us are carrying things that we were never meant to carry. This is a fresh chance to journey lightly. In the Bible, the religious people, the Pharisees, they would try to put these heavy loads on people. But Jesus, he was always about the business of lightening people's loads and taking things off of people. He freed people from religion and rules. And anytime a religious system is weighing people down, it's actually doing the exact opposite of what Jesus came to do. He actually came to break the rules of religion. He he came to liberate people from those systems. And he actually was killed for it in the end. And it's really interesting. Like when you look back at Jesus in the scriptures, He 
always challenged systems of religion and a, that were oppressing people in the name of God. Jesus was about freeing people from the things that were weighing them down in their lives, whether internal or, or external. He spoke to women and empowered them, people that he was not supposed to be speaking to, a Samaritan woman whose character was in question. He had no problem just speaking life into her. He healed on the Sabbath. Jesus healed a man who couldn't, couldn't walk, and then he told them, pick up your mat. And this guy's walking around with this mat that he's been laying on for who knows how long. And the religious leaders, they come up to him and instead of saying, oh my gosh, this guy's healed, like, and they're celebrating. No, what do they say? They say, you can't be carrying that mat. It's a Sabbath. It's Saturday. Like, how dare you? You, you can't be doing that. I mean, talk about missing the point. <laughs> Jesus cared more about the person than any religious rule. I mean, for his first miracle, he actually turned water into wine just to basically help this family save face. They've run out of wine for uh, for their guests at the wedding, and he takes the burden and the embarrassment off of this family by miraculously like just providing it for the family. He touched lepers and people who were considered to be unclean, people you weren't supposed to touch. He overturned money tables at the temple when people were taking advantage of others and putting impossible burdens on them. He ate with quote-unquote sinners and people with bad reputations. He forgave people and bypassed the temple sacrifice system. He was about healing and restoring and taking off people's heavy burdens, regardless of religious rules. Recently, we stepped out of leading the church that we started and that we led for years. We've talked about this. But we basically took off the backpack of our entire life. Like we basically set everything down and we dumped it all over the floor and slowly we've been deciding what we're going to put back into it. And for me, I didn't realize how boxed up I felt in the role that I was in. I mean, I never wanted the the role pastor's wife. <laughs> I think we were excited to start something together and we co-founded the church together. But then suddenly I found myself in this role and, and, you know, people were calling me like, oh, like Phil's wife or the pastor's wife, my pastor's wife. And for some reason, I found after we've stepped out that there was all these unsaid rules and this unconscious kind of feeling. And maybe I put it on myself. Maybe I allowed other people to put it on me. I don't know. But, but I felt so buttoned up in that role. And I basically felt like I had to have it together at all times. And at that time, I didn't realize how that was affecting me. And man, please don't hear me, mishear me. Like we loved that role in so many ways. And we're going to continue to pastor people and we're going to continue to do spiritual work. But the particular way that I was carrying that role was so much weightier than I even knew. And since stepping out, it's almost like there's these layers of unnecessary weights just falling off of me. And I've been experiencing this crazy lightning and it's been so freeing. And I'm realizing, man, I needed to take a look at what was inside that backpack and what I was carrying. Sometimes we don't even know the weight that we've been carrying until we really stop to examine our lives. And maybe you, maybe you're you're living by some set of rules that you don't even realize. Maybe you run a company and you feel like you have to always have all the answers. Or maybe you, you're a parent and you feel like you have to live in this certain way that doesn't really feel authentic to you. Maybe you're a daughter or a son and you feel like you have these certain expectations that you need to live up to to, to please your parents, you know, even though you're 40. Or maybe you feel like you have to live up to some sort of image um, in this place that you live in. 
Or maybe as a woman, you feel like you have to, you know, be small and be gentle and be a certain way. Or as a man, you have to be strong and powerful. I don't, I don't know what it is for you. But for many of us, I'd say that taking off those weights, just like, just take the, just set that down, just take it off. Maybe it's just not that easy. I think telling someone or, or, or being told yourself just to set it down, it almost can feel like trite or insulting because these are things that some of us have been carrying our entire lives. They're almost ingrained in us. And I think many of us have never known another way than just to throw on the backpack and trudge around and like we're going to some sort of battle, you know, like we're some sort of soldiers. Like, I think in some sick way, I've even felt proud of that in the past, like almost like a martyr. Like, look at me, guys. Look how much I can carry in this backpack. Look how strong I am. Look at all I've been through and all I can carry with me. But what the heck? I mean, why would I carry that if I don't have to? I could be journeying so much lighter and having so much more fun. And we brag about things like how busy we are and and we run ourselves into the ground. And man, so many people are so worn out. We even do things like we compare our capacities to others and then we brag about how much we can carry. But here's the deal. Different people have different capacities. Some people have a tea saucer for capacity and some people have a platter and one isn't better than the other. We can't compare. And I think we just need to figure out what that is for us and then operate from there. Phil is a gear guy and we call him a hobbyist. But basically what that means is whatever he gets into, he gets he needs to have all the gear to go with it and he gets like really into it. And so he had been obsessing about this backpack that he wanted. And this backpack is like a crossfitter backpack slash like it was made for soldiers, originally and so this backpack is bomb proof literally it's that's how they that's how they market it it's like a bomb proof backpack and so that backpack was the one that we carried when we would go on hikes as a family and he freaking tore his bomb proof backpack he put so much stuff in it that the backpack actually got a rip in it and it's a lifetime guarantee which is great so we returned it and got a new one but man We don't have to live like that. How often are we journeying with such an unnecessary load, this heaviness that we don't need to be carrying around with us? It's not a requirement. So why would we? It's like life is just so much more fun when we journey light. It's kind of like road tripping and And not only is Phil a hobbyist, but he's also like the classic fun guy. So when we go on road trips, which we do every summer, He likes to pack our big old van full of every kind of toy that you can imagine just in case, you know, like we might, we might need like some snowshoes or some, some fly fishing gear or, you know, got to have the bikes because you never know if we're going to want to go on a bike ride. But there's this fine line between a prepared road trip and an overloaded car. And you know what I mean? Like when you open the back and and you're scared to get a sweatshirt out of your bag because everything's just going to fall out and you're going to be cursing all over the place. You know, you know the difference, right? And what's funny is I think when you look at other people's stuff, like if you look at other people's garages, for instance, you look at other people's garages and you're like, why do they have all that stuff? Like, what is all that crap? (laughs) But then if you look at your own garage and your own stuff, you're like, maybe it can feel important to you. Like, you know, like I can't really let go of that because, you know, what if I'm going to, you know, go go fly fishing or something one day? I know I've done it in like six years, but (laughs) just just in case. Right. And this is what we do. We let things pile up in our lives because I think sometimes it's just too much to deal with because sometimes it's too painful. And I think sometimes we even think we have to carry these things. 
I have to carry this pace or this pain or this unforgiveness because it'll remind me, you know, I'll never let that happen again. And we've got these things, these old things that we keep around. Maybe it's old wounds or insecurities or jealousy, or maybe it's a story that you, that you tell yourself about what other people are thinking. And these, these things, they're not actually serving us or making our lives better in any way, but they have some sort of like nostalgia to them. The woundings, you know, they're personal. The insecurities, they become a way of operating or whatever it is. And, and even though we know that it's not healthy, it's comfortable and it's known. And we've gotten used to carrying these things around and operating with these things. When what we really need to do is we need to rip the backpack off. We need to dump it all over the floor. We need to go through it and we need to get rid of the stuff that we need to get rid of. And like I said, we just basically did this with our whole life when we stepped out of our role. We poured out all of our stuff all over the floor. And man, it was messy. It was messy. And what we did is we actually ended up physically going through our actual physical stuff as well. And we got rid of so much stuff in our house because it felt like the symbolic kind of thing that was happening inside of us, I think. But we we put everything on the table all of our life. And, and now what we're doing is we're slowly putting a few things back in the backpack. And it feels so good because there's been an intentionality about it. But here are the things that we've noticed as we set down our backpack and we've laid out basically all the contents of our life. First thing is this. It turns out that when you lay everything out, you may actually get to put some stuff back in. You may end up needing some of those things. Some of the things that were in there, you'll decide, yeah, I need these things for the journey. I mean, if you're traveling in the dark, you're going to want a flashlight. You're going to want to keep that in there. And for us, we actually thought we were going to move. We were planning on moving to a different city about an hour away. And, and at the time, it was like, yeah, that makes most sense for us to do our work from this new place. And But we ended up deciding that we valued our friends and our community so much that we wanted to be in close proximity with them. And we ended up putting that thing back in the backpack. And now it's like we have this whole new appreciation for these friendships because it was something that we had laid out and and, and evaluated. Secondly, we found that there's a grief that happens with any change and when we set things down. Because no matter what, when you're experiencing change, it means you're losing something. And of course, you're gaining something as well, but you have to grieve that loss. And even if you're making the most positive changes for your life, there is a loss and change because you're leaving something behind for the new thing. And most of the time, there was something good in there. You know, even if it's something that was unhealthy, usually there was some sort of good. And in every loss, there's a grieving process. And so I think it's just good to go like normalize it. It's okay. If you're having conflicted feelings when you're setting down something or you're leaving something behind. When we take something out of the backpack that isn't serving us in order to walk lighter or in order to have more freedom, there's still a natural grief that comes with that because we're used to the old thing. And so I think just allowing that to be what it is. And even if it was weighty, it was known, right? And like a lot of times, like I said, there there was probably some good in it. And for us... You know, it's everything isn't black and white. There was so much good in leading the church that we started and that we led for years. And man, we love those people in that community. And yet it was time for us to set down our packs. And sometimes it's just seasons. Sometimes it's time to set down the pack to put in different things. There doesn't have to be this judgment on it. 
you know, sometimes it's just different seasons and, and we don't carry bathing suits with us in our backpacks. When we're hiking in the snow, we bring jackets and beanies. Sometimes it's just a new season and things need to change. And thirdly, um, in order to move on to freedom, we have to allow ourselves to feel those feelings. Like I kind of said already, those feelings that come with the change, the grief, the loss, And I think a lot of us want to shortchange that process. We want to shortchange the grief process because honestly, it's not very comfortable. And we want to move straight on to that healing and to the freedom, but it doesn't work that way. It's like, I think of it like when our house starts getting really messy, I get really annoyed and I just want to throw everything away. That's just my personality. (laughs) And so I take, instead of throwing everything away, I'll take the piles of stuff that are bothering me and I'll like set them in what used to be just Phil's office. Now it's both of our office, but I would set stuff on his desk and then he would take the stuff and he would put it back on our kitchen island and I would set it back on his desk and it was like back and forth. It was like a silent battle that we would have. (laughs) And man, we're masters at compartmentalizing our stuff. Most of us are masters at shoving our feelings and like the bad, that kind of ickiness aside and whether you know, however we do that, whether it's coping through alcohol, whether it's coping through, you know, binging on Netflix or buying things or whatever your your uh, strategy of just distraction or coping. And then we wonder why when we sit in moments of silence, why we still don't feel free until we allow ourselves to really grieve and to really feel the losses of change or to go into those painful places, we can't actually move through it. And man, I think when we do process and we do actually feel it and we allow it to be what it is and move forward, there's so much lightness on the other side. There's just so much freedom when we're when we're adventuring without all this weight on us, carrying all these things that we were never meant to carry. And I think like this is something I've actually been talking about for years, but if I'm honest, This is pretty new to me. This is something like I'm the first, I'll set something down that I pick it up and put it back in. And it's, it's only to this last season that I feel like I've been experiencing this fresh lightness in a more consistent way. And I think it's because we really allowed ourselves to feel all the feelings and to really let it do what it needed to do in us. Fourthly, I think sometimes it takes more than just setting down the weights in order to just not end up in the same cycle of picking them right back up. It takes doing the work to figure out why you're putting the weights on in the first place. And for me in this last season, that has meant a ton of journaling, listening, prayer, talking to trusted friends, and a lot of therapy, (laughs) which I would highly recommend. So what could be helpful for you? Something to think about as you're setting down your weights. Without a little outside help sometimes, we'll often just end up putting the same weights right back in down the road. Recently, I've heard a lot of people lamenting about how life is just going back to normal and how it was, you know, pre-pandemic. And I I think what they're talking about is like the busyness and the hustle, partly. I think some people are grieving the old systems and how things haven't changed as much as they were hoping. Because I think, I think if we're honest, we all know that we were changed, like something happened to us, right? But I think practically, not only are they not, they're saying like, yeah, my life doesn't look practically that much different. But I think what's real, what they're really saying underneath, as I've just listened to people share, it's almost this sense of like, man, we all went through so much together. And I was hoping 
that things would be better. I was hoping I would be different. I was hoping I would be changed for the better. I was hoping that we would be changed for, for the better, but I'm not really sure that we have. And I, I, that's this like kind of communal lament that I almost feel like I'm hearing as I listen to friends talk about stepping into whatever this new thing is that we're stepping into. And in the book, Change or Die, the author, his name's Alan Dushman, he argues that based on all kinds of research that when people are facing a need to, to change or they'll die, so it's called change or die, but they have to make a major change in their life, like a health change, that nine out of 10 people will choose to die over making the needed change. The reality is that most people will never really take the time and the effort to sort through their stuff to make the real changes that they desire in their lives. And it sounds crazy, but I think a lot of times we act as if we have no agency. It's almost like life is happening to us. And I think, I mean, I listen to myself sometimes and I'm complaining about being too busy or too tired or, we, you know, we, we don't like a situation that we're in. But how often do we do the work to actually make the changes that we want in our lives? And I know, like I said, I'm so guilty of this. And, and we talk as if we have no control over what's being put in our lives. And, and I think this sounds really, really obvious, but sometimes it feels easier to stay in the discomfort of whatever situation we're in than the discomfort of making the change. And that book that I referenced, it goes on to lay out this effective paradigm for change, which is, which is great. You should check it out. It's a good book. But again, it says that 90% of people will actually never do that. It reminds me of my youngest son right now. He has this cavity in his baby tooth. And so the dentist said, hey, the tooth is going to fall out in a few years, but just I'm going to do this temporary um, kind of fix to it. But he looks him in the eye and he's like, but you can't have any more sugar. And my son's, you know, nodding like, okay, yeah, 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 sure, for sure. I'm not going to have any more sugar. Yep, yep, yep. And of course, what does he do? As soon as he's around candy or sweets, he starts, you know, shoving them in as quick as he can before I try and stop him. And I think... You can choose certain ways of operating that will create certain results in your life. And we all want beautiful, shiny teeth, but we also want the candy. It's normal. And I think we can be easy on ourselves when we're struggling to go through our backpacks and to release things that we were, you know, that aren't serving us because there is this strong, strong gravitational pull back into what's known. And, and that's our default as humans. I picture it almost like a whirlpool. And when you're trying to swim out to the edge of a whirlpool, there's a strong gravitational pull back to its center. And it's like this massively strong current. And I really think that it's not until we're really ready to do the internal work and to ask ourselves the bigger questions of why we're living the way that we are that we can actually change. It's not until we pour out the backpack everywhere and then we actually really like get into it and evaluate why do we put that stuff in there in the first place? I don't think it's until we do that hard work that we can actually be free. So here's some questions I've been asking myself. Just things I'm thinking about. Do I want to go back to the way that I was operating before? Do I actually want that? And why was I living like that in the first place? What was driving me? Do I actually believe that I can make changes in my own life? And then... You know, what's holding me back? Like, what would it take for me to actually make those changes? And I think a lot of times we're often held back by super strong negative beliefs about ourselves, like almost like a subconscious, like, I can't do it. 
some other questions I've been asking myself are just like, if we're truly leaving this old world behind from this, you know, pre-pandemic world, what do I want to carry forward? What do I want the world to look like? And how can I be a part of that? What hasn't been serving me? Maybe it was serving me at one point, but is it serving me now? And so I think what we need to do is, is maybe we just need a good old-fashioned backpack dumping. Maybe you need to set down the whole thing for a minute and lay it all out and really evaluate what you want to put back into it. Maybe, maybe you need a little help to make it happen. What do you need? Maybe it's just a little courage. Maybe it's a little therapy. Maybe it's a little forgiveness. Maybe you just need someone like a good friend to walk with you. So yeah, what are you going to do? I know we've laughed about this and, and there's, you know, a lot of things that we could make light of about this. But I think if we're honest, there's probably a lot of us that could set down some pretty heavy weights. And I think it sounds a lot, a lot more fun to journey lightly. So my question to you is this, if not now, then when? There's lightness waiting for you. Jesus said, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. To walk with Jesus is it's a journey lightly. And the journey is so much more fun when you travel lightly. Our hope is that in this new space that we're finding ourselves in, that you wouldn't waste one more minute carrying a thing that's not yours to carry, that you would value yourself as much as the divine does and begin to make the changes in your life that you've longed to make, that you would envision this time as a chance to evaluate what you want to carry with you into this next part of your journey, and that you would be able to run with a lightness and a joy that would be so contagious that others couldn't help but set down their own heavy loads to run freely alongside of you. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I have questions. We're going to try something right now. And you just brought it and it was really good. I got questions. Oh, do you? I just, I sat on the floor (laughs) while Jen did this right now and I listened. Um, and I took notes and I wrote down a bunch of questions. I, I want to ask you a couple of questions All right. based on what you just shared. Maybe it would help, you know, further clarify or um, help people envision or step into this thing. One, gotcha. um, whose backpack did the whole family put their stuff in? Because <laughs> you said... <laughs> You're uh, for a while there. You're implying I mean, it was like you were carrying my stuff or like everybody's stuff, and then there's a little I'm bit. I'm sorry, I did not say I was carrying but your you, you stuff. You implied that the whole family. I don't think I implied. That. I think if we're gonna lay it down, we should probably clarify they put all their stuff in my backpack. Which also, when you describe <laughs> my backpack tearing the bombproof backpack, which is not technically bomb, it's like metaphorically bombproof. Well, I'm sorry. The the you, website says bombproof. You made it sound like. I carried so much crap that I tore my own backpack when yeah. in fact I carried what? <laughs> it's true. Most of most of the year I feel like it starts going into your backpack first and then it trickles over into mine. By the end we usually have very full backpacks, both of us. Are you gonna take all the credit right now? <laughs> um, no, I'm just it's just it's a clarifying question. I would um, definitely say 
you end up with more. That's true. That's fair. And usually a kid, like when they were little, usually one of them went up on your shoulders <laughs> oh, as well. Oh, that's true. Not when they were little. Um, um, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. And it, it did. You're right. So it's not actually bomb proof. This bowl, clearly it's not like Are they lying? Are they family water bottle proof either because the strap just <laughs> tore off my shoulder. I know. Um, Come on, guys. Okay, let's, two. let's step up the backpack game. Real here. question. Um, that was beautiful what you shared and also for people to really grab hold of that and begin to step into it it's quite a thing yeah to like open up your life and dump it out mm. and look at everything that's in it I, yeah. I my question for you is like how like just i mean you gave a bunch of great ideas in terms of how to do this but i i, I think even further like how can people begin to sort out like what they're carrying, maybe like categorically or like in terms of process or even spiritual practice, like how to, how would you encourage people to begin that process? Yeah. I mean, we're, we are going to be doing this <laughs> at our uh, experience. So yeah, you could come to that. Okay. That'd be one thing at our reimagining experience. That was not my you know, intention. Little plug there. <laughs> question, but yeah. That was good though. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I think it really takes um, just a slowing down in the first place and a quieting of myself to listen. And I don't know, for me, it's, um, I always process things through writing. And so for me, it's, I found it really helpful just to journal and to like even list out all the things that I'm carrying in a season. So even just totally practically, like, okay, I'm doing carpool for the kids. I'm doing this job that I have, I'm doing, you know, this and this and this with the house. We have these activities. These are my responsibilities. And then that's like the, maybe the more physical side of things and list all of that out. And then you can go to like, what am I carrying emotionally? What am I carrying, you know, maybe spiritually? spiritually? What am I carrying in maybe some other areas of your life? And then I honestly think, I mean, it sounds super practical, but just list off everything. It's actually kind of terrifying once you see it all on paper to realize how much you are actually caring in your life, like the responsibilities, maybe the pain, maybe the things that you've been through that you haven't let go of or whatever it is. And then go, man, like, what do I, what do I need to set down or deal or start to deal with? And for me, we've done this at different times in our life. But for me, when I start to look at like everything I actually am carrying, it's almost like it validates, like self-validating where I can go, oh yeah, <laughs> like I think I should set down a few things. Because otherwise I think I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. And like I got wired. this, you know, that I mean, is how I'm wired. We're both wired. It's just trouble. And you're like, oh yeah, we're, we're cool. I mean, I'm tired all the time. And like, if I sit down for five minutes, I fall asleep. But you know, like it's... <laughs> I'm doing fine. So I think when I see it on paper and then I can start to really go like, oh man, this is, I need to deal with this, this certain thing. Or maybe I can take just practically, what can I take off of my list that I'm carrying? Um, and even just like, if it's in our relationship, what are some things that we need to be sharing more equally? Or what are some ways that we need the kids to step up? For us this summer, we ended up looking at all the things that we were carrying and going, okay, kids summertime you guys are going to be doing some more chores around the house because you know 
you just have more space and we're a family and we all carry this together and maybe some of it's just practical and then some of it's obviously more internal for me it's been like going back to therapy i feel like we've done seasons where where we've done therapy and that's been like working through very specific things going like i don't want to carry this anymore and so working through that with somebody who's a professional and has been really really amazing and helpful yeah so yeah i don't know okay that's just a few things that kind of crosses over into you describing like doing the work um Mm. of why you keep picking up the stuff that you keep picking up that you keep setting down yeah (laughs) like i was going through my closet and I pulled all the stuff out that I don't need anymore, and I was gonna give it away. And then I found myself putting stuff back, like, like as if I was hiding it from you. In my, I didn't even tell you this. I was hiding it from you, but you don't even know what I was taking out of my closet. But I'm like, don't let Jen see me put this one back. I was like hiding well, I was it so from proud myself. Of you that you were cleaning stuff out. I know, but I was hiding from myself, <laughs> pretending like I was hiding from you that I was putting things in there I didn't need. Uh, so there's some deep work to be done in that moment, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, how would you encourage people to begin even that other layer of work of why do I keep picking this stuff back up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you need to really do the hard work of asking yourself the why and really sitting in what's going on in me that I keep repeating this cycle or this pattern of caring whatever this thing is again and again and again when I when I know that it's not serving me or giving me life and I mean I guess this could be a real this question's kind of broad so yeah. if it's if you're talking about you know just finding yourself busy all the time again and again and again and you think like I don't want to live like this but then you just keep finding yourself so busy what is it in you that think makes you think that you have to keep living this way? You know what I mean? Is it because you're trying to fit in with some sort of social standard and like cultural expectation? Is it some sort of thing inside of you that's going on just maybe um, from the way that you were raised? I mean, these are like deep questions that you could really get into this. Like, maybe you could find a friend that you trust enough that could ask you those questions yeah i mean we all have blind spots right so i feel like when i'm looking at you it feels really clear a lot of times what (laughs) (laughs) yeah not i mean likewise right (laughs) i'm sure i could tell you a lot of times why you're doing something but if i'm talking about myself hiding the stuff that i'm putting back into my closet (laughs) from myself why Why am i putting this shirt with the with the (laughs) don't talk about that shirt Exactly. I love it. Exactly. That's why I love it. Uh, Yeah, that's a good one, just because we all have blind spots. And I think, I mean, obviously, digging into your past, and we all have, like, no matter how healthy our family systems were, we all have, like, wounds that we carry from our childhood. So maybe looking at that zero to five year, what was what happened in my life when I was little that maybe caused me to be this way or that way. Yeah, but that's, we're getting deep here. We're getting deep here. But if you, I mean, just simply asking the question why, I think a lot of us just do things and we don't think about the why. Why am I doing this? And what do I actually want for myself? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, We'll just leave it there because you could really get into that. I mean, that's like... That's true. That's okay. That's a deep one. <laughs> um, what about in terms of like what you put back in that? Um, we, we obviously mm. run into this metaphor, but like, yeah, like uh, like for it, our life right now. Yeah, like like you always tease me of 
I, uh, the gear thing and I have I, I call them pieces and you're like this is ridiculous it's not a piece of, of like art I'm like this is this piece is critical um, uh, to my adventure set and, yeah but, by that he means like a surfboard or like no or like a, a specific like rain jacket that jacket. packs a certain way yeah. or like a like a puffer <laughs> that zips up right like like the things you need but then we'll be on a on a trip and all of a sudden we'll be in like a monsoon and then I have the right jacket <laughs> You know, all of a sudden it will be in a monsoon, but actually he's telling a real story. <laughs> this really from this, happened this recently, year. <laughs> and you guys were like, "Damn you!" Um, None of us had jackets, and you had the perfect jacket. Well, sometimes you have to know what you're what to carry. Like, are you going to share that thing or in what? The right you're going to in time. You're going to pass seasons. that over, or um, no? You made fun of me when I bought it. <laughs> but point being, like, how would you help people to kind of recognize, um, like, what are those valuable things that are worth carrying? You know what I mean? Like, how, like, how would you encourage people to ask those questions? Or yeah, I mean, again, I hate to like. <laughs> this is what we're going to be doing at our experience, so I'm really excited. <laughs> Stop trying to plug it, babe. Um, yeah, I think I'm not. It's a values thing for us, anyways. If I think about our own life, that's, like, that's good way to say. what is most important to you? You know, like. I think for us, we've had to stop a bunch of different times in our life and evaluate because we find ourselves just down a path. You know what I mean? We found ourselves at one point extremely busy with caring way too much. We had our kids in some seriously like commit really big commitments with sports and activities. And I think we found ourselves, I mean, to be quite honest, super, not only unhappy, but like, like frantic or we found ourselves running at a pace that was just so unhealthy and we had to stop and go what are we doing and what do we want and what are our values like what and we've written this out as a family and we spent some time like writing out our values and what we we even made like a mission statement for our family at one point i don't remember it now it was really good (laughs) what's new season time write another one yeah yeah but it helped guide us and we took some big things off of our plate because well, of it. That was a critical season. We had to write out our values yeah. and our mission as a fan. Like, what are we about? I mean, you know, guys, we're a little over the top. You don't have to necessarily write out a mission statement. But I have to say, like, really evaluating what what is important to you. And to us, like, we were realizing, like, a lot of the important things in our life were being sacrificed because we were just running we just put things on our plate because we felt like we were supposed to and everyone else was and it's kind of the pace and that's what you do. And then we're like, wait a minute, we don't have to live this way and we don't have to do what everyone else is doing. We we are in charge of ourselves. We're big kids. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so dumb when you say it out loud, like we can actually make change in our life or we, we can think for ourselves. Yeah, we can think for ourselves. We are adults. <laughs> but it's even as adults, like we all get caught in this, right? Like it's almost the same as it is for we tell our kids, like Play you're around. responsible for yourself. But like it's seriously, I find myself feeling pressured all the time to do things as an adult. As a grown woman. Yeah. True. So. That's good. Values. Um, okay. I've heard it called Hot Vex Summer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Here we go. <laughs> a friend Just and I stop all call with it. this. So I read this. I read a couple uh, of um, stories where this summer is being termed the Hot Vex Summer, specifically in terms of like dating apps and dating culture and stuff. People have been held up in a quarantine and now that everybody's getting vaccinated it's but like, for whatever reason you just really like the term and you keep I using love it, it all because the- i know i'm not applying it to dating <laughs> i'm applying okay, it to life okay. and, oh yeah life generally that like it feels like this hot back summer where everybody's like just been letting pent loose. up and letting yeah, loose and making a run at it 
where everybody I talked to is like, we're going here and we're going there and we're doing this trip and we're doing this. I mean, just... my parents just spent like nine hours at a concert yeah, last night. Parents did it. <laughs> They're <Okay>. amazing. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're going to hit a concert so long. We need to leave our dog at your house because we're going to be gone. <laughs> that's amazing it's a hot back summer yeah Um, okay so in a lot of ways i feel like as people are stepping into this summer of letting loose these all these questions that you're talking about today are almost like Mm, like irrelevant it's true we're not thinking about that we're just running hard but i I feel like in another month Mm. or two as we come to the end of the summer a month or two from when we're recording this now that people like a lot of that energy is going to be like, whoo, like spent. And now we're like, this summer isn't the new normal. This is like no. this expenditure of good energy. Just but like, loose. but we're going to settle in come fall. Um, and so I feel like that's going to be the time where all this stuff that's under the surface is going to kind of come back up for people. So I would ask, um, I love the the word, the phrase, I mean, you talked about doing the work, obviously mm. from that book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. But um, how would you encourage people to begin doing the work of envisioning what they want with their life as they're coming to the end of this exciting summer of letting loose, but heading into like fall? Like what would you give people as a final thing that's there? Mm. Hearing this? That's a hard one. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I think for us, we just got to a place where we were like, we get one life, you know? And when your dad passed away, I think like you shared in the first or one of the episodes that death is like this great kind of... Simplifier. Simplifier. And catalyzer. Yeah. And like, hey, man, we don't have forever here. And... I think about even the legacy that I want to leave for our kids and I don't want to look back and ask what if, you know, and I don't want our kids to look at our life and go, oh, like mom and dad, they had a good run at it. And like they they went really hard and then they kind of just chilled, you know, like I want to leave a legacy that like at least let's try stuff. And just if it totally fails, at least we can say we tried, you know, and so I guess my encouragement to people is. What are you going to do with your one life? What are you going to do with it? No regrets, you know? Or maybe some regrets. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, at least you tried, you no, know? I love it. That's a fantastic way to end this. <laughs> um, all right. All right. This was, this was fun. This was different. This was fun. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com, to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.